Motorcycle Madhouse Live, you damn hooligans, you crazy out there today. And we got some crazy guests for you today as well. We're going to have Brian and Tank on from the Biker Lifestyle Podcast. Now, this was one of the best times I had was doing their show. It was just like a sit-around type of deal at the table on the podcast. It, 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 it was a different experience, let me tell you. And it was more fun than doing just regular interviews. It really was. You got to know the guys. Uh, they got great goals for uh, their podcast podcast that they're going to be doing they're going to grow it hopefully we had tank we had brian you know what they're cool you know tank he 420 so he's a you know a 420 partner you know brian he boring <laughs> he just drinks and you know that's cool that's cool i just found out he don't oh, hunt <laughs> but brother dirty is anything but boring <laughs> rock on <laughs> how you doing invader biggie out there uh but today's show uh we're gonna ha- as you can hear we got the dynamic duel in the background uh but also later in the show after we get done with the interview we're going to be talking with uh, uh, Kevin about Keith Palumbo's case and boy do we got some bombshells for you but I want to send out a message to Junior hey you schluck you got all over social media getting all butthurt and stuff about the coverage you said you were going to call you didn't call you didn't even offer me a reach around you freaking schluck what the hell is wrong with you man you go out there bitch complain get all your trolls going and you don't even call you know what I'm pissed at you anyway uh, today we got Brian and Tank. What's up, guys, from the Biker Lifestyle? How you doing? Not bad. Hello, man. <laughs> you guys have the up and coming podcast. You guys keep it real. You are my. You know what? You are my favorite podcast because you know I was talking about the the style that we did when we, you know I shot the show for you and it was just sitting there talking. You know, it was a real deal, man. You know, we got into a lot of subject matter and I had fun. Well, thanks, man. I, I appreciate you coming on, dude. I mean, yeah, when we came up with this podcast, it was like, we just wanted to, like, talk to people that were in the scene, that were about the scene, and leave all the bullshit filler out of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, because, you know, if you, if you ever remember, like, old TV shows, like, uh, oh, what was that fucking show with that with that blonde with the big tits? Was it American Thunder? Oh, at least it's a blonde with big tits. I thought you were in a howdy do to me or something. Go ahead. Right, right. <laughs> you know, like, you would fucking, every time they'd have, like, a biker thing on TV or, or you know, something like that, like, it was it was 90% commercial and 10% content. Right. You know? Right. No, and I, I wanted, agree. You know, like, yeah, and I mean, I would see guys like you or fucking Black Dragon or something, and, like, you guys are like, oh, shit, man, these guys got it going on, and I fucking gravitated to it. And I thought, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we could highlight some, like, local bikers that are relatively unknown that are doing some fucking cool shit, you know, whether it be a pocket member or whether it be, you know, just a normal dude that just does a lot of riding. And I was like, you know, let's let's do a podcast and just get our friends that we hang out with and talk to them and have conversations, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, 
That's what we're trying to do, man. We learned it from watching you. <laughs> it's been surreal, too, I got to tell you. And uh, we said it a couple of times during the course of our show, if you've seen any of our episodes, and we always say we're, if you haven't figured it out, we're kind of making this shit up as we go along. And we, we literally have been. Just to give a little bit of insider, uh, folks, we actually, the inaugural episode was actually the seventh show we shot. We did it the first time, and then we hated it so much, we did it all over again after the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's because I got super drunk, and it just it wasn't really... <laughs> you, you, you took that episode down, didn't you? Uh, which one? The inaugural one's still there. The one that uh, Dirty doesn't want to see come the light of day, I, I have one copy of in a this undisclosed location. Oh, man, you got to get that out to me, Tank, man. I'll get that all over the air, man. We'll all have fun. We'll pop some popcorn and uh, just sit there and laugh at Brian. <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to my brother. But <laughs> I would. <laughs> There'd be a fucking war over that one. Yeah, probably, yeah. So, you know, you, you guys got your podcast going, which, you know what, I love it because, well, you guys are old enough. You're, you know, my age and older. Uh, I won't say which one, but uh, you guys. I'm older. You can go ahead and say it. I think I'm just one on this podcast. <laughs> But anyway, you guys uh, were around where it was only Easy Riders or it was only Outlaw Biker Magazine, which I liked in the late 80s. You know, they had the nice titties and stuff. But, uh, you know, then you had by we had to wait each month for any kind of news from anywhere else in, you know, the United States. But now, I'm, you know what, I'm so tickled to death that, you know, we got so many creators out there, you know, so many different genres that gets, you know, the lifestyle out in front of the public. And shows like yours, the one of the big reasons I like your guys' show is because you're real and you offset that bull that the media puts out there. See, I'm I'm basically big in the biker news stuff. That's my uh, niche. But you guys, you're covering, like you said, the local celebrities, uh, people that wouldn't, uh, you know, else get noticed. But you're mm-hmm. contributing to one part of uh, the biker lifestyle, and I think it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, well, thank uh, you, dude. It's like. Like all our guests, besides you, are are relatively just unknown local guys, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, I've got no fucking beef doing like somebody who's you know relatively famous because you know, like I said in our podcast, man, it would be awesome to to sit down with somebody in a setting where you can spend an hour or two just talking to him about what he thinks because you could grab a guy, you know, like uh, you know, like Taco One Percenter. And sit him down and ask him, hey man, what's brotherhood mean to you? And he can go into depth and what he actually thinks brotherhood means. I mean, stuff like that would be, you know, just gold, you know? I mean, it would be really awesome for people to get inside people's minds that are considered, you know, influential. Mm-hmm. You know, Taco, think, Taco would be a tough one, brother. We'd have to bring him back to the dead, but yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, well, I'm just saying, like a guy of that stature, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, oh, I, would be, yeah. I wouldn't be you know, opposed to sitting down with somebody like that. And, I mean, also one of the hard things about doing a podcast is bikers aren't exactly known for being talkative, especially when they know there's a camera and a microphone in front of them. They're kind of like, you know, they get pretty tight-lipped, and I get it on the same way. But, you know, like you know, like Hollywood said, I mean, in today's age, I mean, we have a platform, you know, via social media where we can 
you know, put our story out there, the real story, you know, not fucking some jackass thing on fucking FX where they hype and, you know, where they hype everything up where, you know, you know, we're not running drugs. We're not doing, you know, shady shit in back alleys, but we're actually like fucking just riding motorcycles, having a good time with our brothers or, you know, whatever, you know, it's helping out the community. The time. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We're now's the time to fucking get that opinion out there because Dude, how many fucking times do you see something on YouTube or you see something on fucking any other social media outlet where, oh, you know, bikers are, are a fucking dying breed and all this, that, and the other thing. It's like, man, that's not the story. You know, because I see shit. I see guys in their fucking 20s riding fucking Harleys. I see guys in their 20s traveling across the country, you know, riding right. choppers, you know. I mean, that shit's still alive and fucking well. The problem is, is that they're just not getting the credit because it's not sexy, because they're not doing crime, because if it's, you know, bleeds, it leaves, and that's the only thing that makes the fucking mainstream media is bullshit fucking news. Oh, you my know? God, do I know that one. <laughs> you know what I, exactly. I mean, and like on our first episode, I said the last thing we want to do is fucking step on toes and try to do like a news thing, you know, where we just talk about, oh, well, this is going on in the biker world as far as news, because that's like, you guys just fucking perfected it. You're doing it well, and I would just fuck it up if I tried to do it. Mm. So I'm like, well, let's fucking bring in people and say, hey, man, what do you actually think about life, about riding motorcycles? What's the positive aspect of your fucking world? Let's talk about that. Let's fucking talk about what you think, you know, the, the state of affairs are in this little fucking subculture of a subculture. You know what I mean? That's See, I I think that's what really made about. that's what made my uh, that you guys. I'm not bullshitting just because I got you on air. I, you're actually my favorite podcast. You know, there's a lot out there, but you know, I know what area you're from. I know where you you know Brian came from, and it speaks to me personally compared to say somebody schlucks over on Spotify that are just thrown out there, and you could tell they're you know not for real. But you guys keep it real. And one thing that might be surprising to everybody is uh, how much that you guys do do for the biker community. Yeah, it was, uh, what, what was it, two, year, two years ago? Remember, Dirty, you, were, you, uh, you had done a compilation of all the posters from all the events and stuff that we had from just one year in the club. Yeah. And it was staggering. We, we, when we turned back and you know, looked around and saw what we had done. It, it, it really didn't seem like much to us, but I mean, that's just what we do in the community every year. Um, yeah. And you know, but a lot of people, they don't realize that, you know, they get the bad story about us. Mm-hmm. Well, you guys, well, I mean, you exemplify what's good in the biker community. You really do. And you to tell through your uh, podcast, you know, what was it the other day? You actually had uh, a black guy on. See, you're covering all angles of this thing, man. It's just not one. We had a black guy on? I think so, unless you shoe polished him. Do we have a black guy on, Brian? Yes, we did. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> oh, Vito. Vito, that's right. I, for, I keep forgetting Vito's black. Enough of the 420 thing. I don't fucking see color, man. And that's, you know, know, and a lot of people don't understand that because, you know, uh, you know, well, all bikers are racist, blah, blah, blah. Oh, go ahead, man. I cut you off, bro. No, that's cool because it's like, it's fucking strange because, you know, I'll see like a guy like Vito, right? 
if you were to walk up, like, what you don't realize in that podcast is that Vito's like six foot two and very, very muscular. You know what I mean? Like, he's a big, like, presence. He's a big he brick shithouse of a man. Mm. Yeah, he's a big dude. And, you know, I walked up to that. I remember the first time I saw that guy. He was at a local biker bar. And, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, I saw him out of the corner of my eye. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, what's up with this dude? Because, you know, he kind of looks like an ink spot fucking bowl of milk. And, you know, because kind of, you know, I'm like, hey. And I started talking with him. And I saw his bike. And the dude rides, well, I don't know what he rides right now. Because, you know, he's kind of, you know, in the wind. And he's always doing things. But. At the time, he rode this fucking white soft tail fat boy with fucking twenty some inch apes, and I mean, when you see this 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 black man who's every bit of two hundred and sixty pounds of fucking muscle going down the fucking road with fucking braids blowing in the wind, it is a sight to see in fucking Gainesville, Wisconsin. I'll tell you that right fucking on a, on a stretch frame. He stretched that frame four inches. Oh hell That's yeah! He yeah, it was fucking wide. I mean, dude. You know what I mean? It's like guys like that are interesting, you know? Mm-hmm. And if it wasn't for our podcast, not that I'm trying to blow smoke up my own ass, but if it wasn't for our podcast, you wouldn't know what that guy is like. That dude is more interesting than a guy who starts a shop in fucking Arizona and starts putting big wheels on baggers, you know? Right. Fuck that guy. I know that guy's story. I wanted to make money, and I know how to build motorcycles. I don't give a shit. You know, that's where our, our podcast comes into play. Right, right. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, that was one of my uh, favorite interviews, and plus the one that you just had, uh, uh, episode 13. Uh, by the way, you guys can listen to them over on uh, their YouTube channel. Make sure you subscribe for them, man. This is helping the whole community out when you subscribe to their work. Uh, are you on, uh, well, you can talk about episode 13, but are you on any of the radio uh, podcast networks yet? Right now, no. the only thing that I know of we have like what we're trying to get onto it, but it's sort of like a um, a pain in the ass trying to figure out technology when you've been anti technology your entire fucking life. Right. So right now we're working on doing all the uh, like streaming podcast type platforms like your uh, iTunes and your Google Play and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna say probably within the next week here we'll be up and going on all of them. All the episodes might not be current. Because I don't know how many people know, but you can't just like upload like say thirteen episodes all at once. You kind of got to do it in stages. But sooner or later, we'll be at the fucking par with you know the rest of the guys out there. But yeah, it's a process. Well, I don't. You know we what? Know what if you doing. need help, I just come over by you guys. I'll uh, get you on the platforms and stuff. Uh, well, we appreciate it. But where do you get your guests? Because you're a guest-focused show, uh, which is you know awesome and stuff. You know. <laughs> You get so you know. Do do you know him personally, or do you meet him out in the community? I mean, most most everybody we know, you know, so far, mm-hmm. those people we hang out with, man. And see, yeah. that's you know that goes towards you. Your show is highlighting people that's regular off the street. That's where I was getting at. Uh, it, yeah. it it's just not interviewing these superstars or any of that BS. Uh, you're actually interviewing real bikers. Well, I want we, we are, we are. In fact, I had somebody lined up for us to talk to this weekend, but uh, he is taken sick, not COVID or anything, but he's not going to be able to do it. Um, and we've got an opening. We'd love to get somebody from the local, local community. Uh, I don't know, contact or something, get in contact with us and uh, 
Well, you think you got a cool story to tell? Let's find out together. Right. Ironhead, yeah, they are on YouTube right now. Uh, the Biker Lifestyle, that's where you can subscribe to them. But go ahead. Well, I mean, you know, like, here's what's kind of weird. Like, like uh, we have an episode, I, I don't remember what fucking number it is. I want to say it's number five or number four, where we're talking to a dude named Shaggy. Mm-hmm. That guy was in our club. He left, went to another club. We remained cool. Dude, that guy, and me and him talk pretty much every single fucking day via text message. You know, just going back and forth, hey, man, what's up with you, yada, yada, yada. You know, the guy, Kellen, I've, you know, mm-hmm. sort of kind of, you know what I mean? Like, that dude's just a local tattoo artist that we all fucking hang with. You know, we interview our brothers, you know, our brother Boomer, you know? Right. Our brother fucking Mongo, our brother fucking Patrick. I mean... Hell, we interviewed somebody after you left the other day, Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, you know yeah, what? We did, I re- we did another episode and interviewed Pops. Oh, hell Yeah. yeah. Okay, let me talk to you guys about Pops, man. This guy, you know, I I can't wait for this fucking episode now. Uh, The old Scooter Tramp, man. We're talking Vietnam Air, man. Uh, This is the one I want to see. Now, uh, tell me about Pops, man. Well, I'll say this. This guy was right there, people. This is old school Tramp right here. he he, He lived it, yeah. If you have a thin fucking skin and you can't stand criticism and you're under the age of fucking 50, you might not want to watch that episode and let you fucking know how you're fucking up. You know what I mean? <laughs> I like, know it, yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, Pops is uh, one of my dear friends. I've known him longer than I've known anybody in the club. But I've been in the club longer than him. Uh-huh. <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> right. Uh, man, he's just a, he's a beautiful individual. He really is. He's just, uh, you know, he's biker true and true. Man, I can't wait for that episode. That episode's going to be badass. Yeah. I I love interviewing. I really, I love personally interviewing uh, the Vietnam generation. Uh, I had Jack, uh, Jake Sawyer on. He was hardcore freaking Mm -hmm. Vietnam gen. It's just, those are the guys I believe, yeah, I get it, it started after World War II, but to me, the club scene actually started in the 60s. I don't know what you guys think of that. I mean, personally, what we consider motorcycle clubs today kind of comes out of the whole Vietnam era, you know, I mean, it is what it is, I mean, I, I don't know the history as well as, you know, Others, but I mean, if you look at how we're how we're perceived and how we how we're looked at, it's sort of that post Korea Vietnam era that motorcycle clubs are judged by, or bikers are judged by, for that matter. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, a guy like Pops, I mean, I look at him sometimes, and I'm like, "Hey, man, am I doing shit right?" And he's like, "Yeah, you're fine." You know what I mean? Because he was there. Like that's the beauty about this whole biker slash whatever fucking motorcycle club, whatever thing you want to call it, because the history isn't that old. The people that were there are still around. You could ask yeah. them, hey, man, are we doing it right? Because they were there at the beginning when they made the rules. Not that I'm saying that you should follow fucking rules, but I'm just saying, you know, if you want to have an argument about what a biker is, the people that kind of define the fucking culture are still around. Right. <laughs> it's just your, Yeah, but you're never going to hear them on 
see them interject anything on Facebook, like in our Biker's Lifestyle page. Mm-hmm. And you guys do like, got the Biker Lifestyle page, too. You guys are like 60,000 strong in that group. Yeah. yeah Rock on. Ahead, Just a place to post fucking pictures of half-naked women and motorbikes. <laughs> <laughs> pretty uh, much. Pretty uh, much, yeah. The Minions, we, you know. <laughs> Lee Leland, I started watching these guys. They should come to Algonia for the rally. You guys should come out there with me, man. I think you had fun. At the Algonia, that's the Freedom uh, right Rally. You know, we'll get over there, get some titties wet, all that good stuff. <laughs> uh, another question, I don't know if I can say this one. Uh, this guy is up to you guys. James Costello, what club are they from? We are uh, Brothers and Chains Motorcycle Club in Janesville, Wisconsin. Then uh, BIC has the one of the best reputations around this area, uh, especially uh, community related. And I actually think it's cool. And I think you know that shows you you know how far clubs have become or came is that you're doing a podcast. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the podcast is, is just me and Tank. So any views or opinions expressed on said podcast do not reflect the views and. You know, it, you know, whatever, blah blah blah. But I mean, the brothers and chains. I mean, we're we're a club that tries to stick to the traditional values of brotherhood, and we focus strongly on you know supporting the community. Mm. You know, because you know, you know, we're just guys from the community. You know, we're not trying to be anything special other than a bunch of guys that consider ourselves brothers and we want to help out people in the community that are falling on hard times. Right. And given the current state of affairs that we're all living through right now, we're kind of looking at possible hard times in the future. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's one of those things that a club like ours, we're kind of a little bit more in tuned on because we're kind of looking at how the world's shaping out. And if things keep going the way they're going, man, we're going to be throwing a lot more fucking parties to raise a lot more money for a lot more people that need help. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right, right. Now, you got, you know, I just seen one of your flyers the other day, that one uh, uh, fundraiser that was canceled back on now, ain't eh? Yep. Uh, yep. Yep, for end of July. End of July? Uh, July 25th. July 25th. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can get that one. Uh, yep. What's that one all that- about? Well, it's, it's one of our newer events. Uh, it's one that we, we did last year. It was for a, a kid named Zach. Well, he wasn't a kid. He was a young man. He was 19 at the time, and he uh, was dying from a chronic a chronic illness. And he didn't have much time to live, and he said to his mom, he said, uh, hey, mom, when I, when I have my funeral, I want there to be a motorcycle procession for my funeral. And she said, well, why don't we have one for you now while you're still alive? And at that point in time, we were approached as a club in the area because she was local. And you went to high school with her, I think. Dirty, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, I went to high school and, and she got in touch with us, and we put uh, put the word out. Dirty got it out on social media. He's real good about that. And the club organized it over in Afton. One of our club brothers owns the table, which uh, is over there in Afton, a great outdoor and indoor venue. And we had, we literally had thousands of bikers come from, Iowa, Indiana, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan. Um, it was just all over the place. This was March. It was cold as fuck. Um, we literally had um, the, the ride itself. I think the bars are like 1.4 miles away from each other. While well, we had 
one group pulling the first part of the group pulling into the, the table. We had the other part of the group still leaving the other bar and we raised a lot of money for this kid and it was fantastic. Uh, unfortunately he died, I think within just about a month later, wasn't it brother? Oh, yeah, it wasn't very long after that event. I mean, he was, he was pretty sick, you know, he had, uh, he had a pretty bad form of cancer. He battled it like his whole life. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it's kind of one of those things I, when I think about, like I get a little. You there? Hello? Yeah. Yeah. You there, Tank? I'm here. <laughs> I think we lost Brian. Hold on a second. We might have. Yeah, he's right, though. We we do get a little choked up about stuff like that. Um, there's so. I'm putting you on uh, hold right now. Yeah, he got. Uh... We got. Uh... Yeah, the... the voicemail box of. Six zero eight two one seven zero two three one. At the tone, please record your voice message. Together and then rode over. It was in Orfordville, and rode up the street and uh, got him out there. And um, I remember I gave him one of the rings right off my hand. One of my biker rings and said, "Here, man, this is for me to you." It said, "Live to ride, ride to live." Rock out. Hey, and, uh, uh, Tank. Let me try to get Brian back on here. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm gonna put you back online, man. You guys there now? There you are. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, okay. What happened, Brian? <laughs> I have no fucking idea. Modern inconvenience. I dropped the phone call. What can I tell you? <laughs> but yeah, Tank was talking about that. Go ahead, Tank. No, I was just saying that there's a you know, like I said, a lot of the people uh you know, like Brian was saying, or Dirty was saying, you know, you get a tear in your eye. There's so many different families we've helped and so many kids that are have so much such issues and they know they're going to die and they've got such a great outlook on life and the family structure that's behind it, um, behind them, the support system. It's nice for us to be able to put a smile on their face and do what we do within the community. And, you know, and it's nice to do it with a bunch of guys that really aren't looking to, to get any recognition for it. Right. Right. Well, I guess before my phone decided to be a piece of shit, but <laughs> what I was going to say is like, if if you go on, uh, you know, our, our Facebook page for the Motorcycle Club, uh, the Brothers and James Motorcycle Club events and info, you, you scroll down a little bit, you'll see pictures from that event. And here's this young man. He's in a wheelchair. He's, he's very sick, but he's got a fucking smile on his face. You know? Mm. He's got a smile on his face because there's thousands of bikers showing up at this local bar and they're there to say hi to him and you know my buddy I've was smiling ear that. to ear when he seen them bikes oh 100 percent. there was a mom pot club from indiana gave him his own uh his own honorary cut yeah oh that is awesome that is awesome and i mean it's one of those gigs where you know every every motorcycle event sometimes is a charity-based type deal. And when you get to see the person that you're trying to help there at the event, he gets to experience, you know, 
what's going on, and he's like super pumped about it, even though his whole world is coming to an end. I mean, I've never personally had to experience the fact that I'm staring death right in the face to the point where I'm like, it's, you know, a long-term like stare into death. You know what I mean? Like, cause he knew he didn't, there was no help, you know, there was no hope that he was going to pull out of this. So he kind of knew what was up. I mean, to be 18 years old and have to talk about, well, when I die, I'm going to do this and that. I mean, that's crazy. And this, that's some pretty heavy stuff, man. That it is. Yeah. Yes. And to put a smile on this fucking huge face, just, you know, show up with a motorcycle and that's all it takes. I mean, that's a beautiful thing. Well, you know what? I think that right there is about 90% of what, you know, bikers do that the media doesn't cover is what you're talking about now. Absolutely. 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 You know, it, 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 it's sad. You know, I always say how things have changed, you know, just from my perspective, because I'll, it, it, I, I think we were talking about it. A lot of PC people out there now. Uh, yeah. that and the way they take their, their, uh, information from the media just burns my ass. You know, they actually believe this stuff. I know. It, well, I think with, when it comes to like mainstream media, they're just trying to get views, you know, they're trying to get people to watch them and controversy sells. So, well, and it's 24, yeah. 24, seven, 24 hour news. I mean, they got to recycle the news every 30 minutes for fuck's sake. Exactly. Man. You, you know what? You're so right. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's true, right? I mean, it was a lot easier when it was Walter Cronkite. You got in the morning, you got him at night. You know, the news was made, you talked about it. You got in the morning, you got a day, everybody turned it off, you went around your day, you know, went around your night. Then the next day it happened all over again. But here, it's got, you know, 27 networks blasting you the fuck in the face 24-7 all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's almost like you're, 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 yeah, yeah, and you're, and you're begging for like the next news thing to happen, so you don't have to hear what the fuck they're talking about right now. Right, right. Yeah. Well, you know what? By the way, guys, out in chat, Roar, the that uh, viewership is totally wrong. We're froze up here on uh, YouTube, but we're uh, doing good on audio and video. But uh, their statistics are down right now. Uh, but, uh, you know, there was one story and you, you could talk about it right now. You know, I know it's coming up on our video, but I kind of laughed my ass off, uh, was, you know, when, you, uh, you know, Brian decided to get his butt on a bike going up North, uh, in the snow or something, was it? He's talking about for for uh, Jethro's wedding when we went up to the biker wedding oh, up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this yeah, is you know the bi- this is the snow. biker mentality, guys. Go ahead. Oh, I mean, well, you know, we had a brother at the time. He was getting married in the uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and uh, it was in August, but it's the UP, so the weather is a fucking roll of the dice. You don't know what it's going to fucking do, and it was like storing that whole fucking time. And I'm like, fuck it, man. I'm going to fucking ride my motorcycle there. And, uh, you know, a lot of other guys, you know, they chose to take a car because, you know, it's, you know, it's, you're going to a wedding. So you got to look nice. So, you know, you don't want to cram your best dress fucking work clothes into a saddlebag. So they took cars. But I rode my motorcycle. I rode up there, you know, steady downpour rain pretty much the entire time. On the way back, I get 
I want to say a tornado. I don't know if it was a full-blown tornado, but there was sideways rain and cars were pulling over to the side of the road, and I'm jamming past them on a motorcycle with a truck behind me. And, uh, you know, that's just what you do, you know. You, you take your bike, you represent, you show class. And, uh, yeah, that's the story of me going up to uh, the UP and uh, fucking thunderstorm pretty much the entire fucking time. <laughs> <in the hills. laughs> you guys yeah, you get really, a lot you, more detail on, you know, when you watch their interview. <laughs> but go ahead, Tank. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, you never know how truly retarded you are until you're on your motorcycle doing 70 miles down the highway in the rain. What I always tell everybody is, man, I did that, been there, done that, screw that. <laughs> 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 I'm too old for that shit now. <laughs> yeah, I ain't trying to prove anything to anybody at this point in time, Hollywood. Let the kids do that. it. <laughs> you got it, You got it. Well, we, you know what, yeah, we, we actually, you know, I want to, I'll let uh, Brian go, then we'll talk about this, is uh, we actually got a craftsman in our uh, mitts. And, you know, we got freaking Tank who makes his own fishing poles. And everybody knows I'm a huge fisher guy. And here we got Tank. And I'm going to be taking him out, man. We're going to make a video of this. Uh, (laughs) You know, he makes his own fishing poles. He's got his own little business going on. Talk about that. Oh, boy. You're going to put me on the spot on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, That's that's what I do. Talk about his rods all day long. (laughs) Talk about my rods. As long as you ain't stroking them, you know, that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's Tang's custom rods, and, uh, you know, I try to to build a lot of old-school vintage stuff. Uh, You know, I've been uh, learning the craft. I've been, God, started doing it back in 1983 when I was younger, working for a bait tackle shop, repairing stuff, and learn how to fix reels, and yeah, basically, uh, you know, I just started building my own custom rods once I became medically uh, medically disabled, and uh, didn't keep me off the bike, but it certainly kept me out of working in the mainstream. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But uh, for the right price, you know, I can sit down to a little interview with you and find out what you like to fish, what type of reels you like to use, um, you know, just and get a custom rod built for you. So uh, that's, that's what I'm able to do. But I'm, I'm able stuff. to do. I, I build my own handles. I, you know, I, I tool out of my own, my own gear. I'll buy the real seats and, you know, do all the custom thread work and all that. So. Right, right. Awesome, man. Uh, go ahead, Brian. You were going to say something. I don't even. I don't even remember what I was going to say. That's because you're drinking too much Jameson or Jack, man. As long as you're staying no, away from the Crown. It's Jameson. It's Jameson. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not cool enough to do Crown, but it's Jameson. <laughs> not, hey, you were talking about. Uh, let's give him a little kick out there, man. About uh, one of your brothers that were in a band. Yeah, fucking. We got a brother named Hellboy, and uh, he's in a band called uh, Revolution X. And uh, to describe their type of music, I would say it's kind of five finger death punchy. Even though yeah. I'm not a big fan of Five Finger Death Punch, but I would say it's kind of in that genre. They're really fucking badass, man. He just did not and, say um, Death Punch. You know, they're a local scene. They play a lot of... Uh, if you ever listen to... Uh, well, if any listeners right now that can hear my voice are in the uh, Madison, Wisconsin area, 94.1 JJO, they're usually on there quite a bit. But, um, yeah, they're just a fucking badass fucking rock band. Heavy metal type, you know, just, just that whole fucking... Really gritty. They're they're fucking badass. I would check them out, man. Revolution X. Revolution they're X. Fucking awesome. Rock on. Uh, do they got an MP3 or they got? Uh, are they on iTunes or any of that? I would imagine. Uh, I know they're on YouTube. You can Google Revolution X or well, yeah, well, fucking probably Google it. 
And uh, I know they have a couple videos. They've got a... I know they have an album out. Um, I'm a piece of shit because I don't fucking know the name of it. But, you know, I mean, they're trying. You know, they're trying to fucking get big. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of hard in the music scene nowadays because if you're not auto-tuned and has pink hair and 22 years old, you're not going to get any fucking recognition. But, I mean, they're a fucking really awesome band. Right. They are. They don't play any cover tunes. It's all original music that they play. All original. Rock on. Uh, you know, we... Picking up the pace here, what do you think about the current state of the biker scene? <laughs> Go ahead, so, let I'll, loose. I'll say it right now. <laughs> um, man, it's it's kind of weird because, you know, I hate to say it, but I think, like, the biker scene is kind of going through a rebuild type deal, mm-hmm. like, a, like a rebuild phase, because... You know, with Harley Davidson having the troubles that they're having, I mean, it's just going to open the door for other brands to come in, which is totally cool, by the way. You know, I have no problem with being a guy on a Suzuki or a fucking Kawasaki. I mean, it's all fucking, it's all the same wind. Who gives a yeah, shit? we're two-wheeled guys. Mm. Exactly. Right. But, I mean, as far as the scene goes, I think it's kind of open. You know, as far as, like, everybody's almost accepted. You know, I think events like Sturgis and Daytona, you're going to start seeing more and more, you know, metric cruisers going there or sport bikes or whatever because you're going to almost want to be in it, you know, because, I mean, mainstream media has once again fucking made bikers the uh, assholes of society. So Mm -hmm. guys that were considered rubs back in the day to fucking be a wild hog to put on leather and buy a Harley and then it's not to be that cool because you don't want to be looked at as criminal, especially in the social media climate that we're in where everybody's under a microscope, you know? Right. So I think the, I think the biker scene is going to go through a, uh, like a renaissance, but I think it's going to be better once it comes out of it. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Well, what do you say? What do you say to those young kids that said, "Well, you guys had your time. We're doing it our way now." Good, great, make it better, man. You know, I don't. don't Yeah, but but don't forget the past too. You know, and you don't have to ditch everything. You know, Mm -hmm. well, some things can change. But some some things can never change. Exactly. Right. Right. Um, You know, I mean, I don't want to. I'm not dumping on sport bikers, but. I think that it's uh, it's an uh, an image that's been promoted, an attitude that's been promoted, probably over the last decade. I would say uh, they kind of feel that they're like the new outlaw biker scene because they're scoff laws and they break traffic laws, and you see them doing wheelies, and you always hear about the sport big sport bike group and they're harassing somebody who's in traffic. Mm-hmm. And to me, I mean, yeah, okay, whatever you're, you you want to try to be that, and you think you're all badass, but that's not what it's fucking all about. And guys like that are starting, they're going to give a bad name to it and uh, put a bad taste in people's mouth. But we really didn't need any more opportunities to do that, you know? Oh, that's exactly right, man. With uh, all the profiling that happens right now, yeah, you don't need that kind of stuff. I think it was uh, just out east. Uh, I don't know if it was Jersey or New York, man. You had uh, about 500 of them out there, you know, on their freaking quads and on yeah. their sports bikes stopping traffic. Uh, that that right there is stupid. But you know, us old timers, we you gotta admit, dude, you wish we could. We, we wish we could ride like they do. That's <laughs> just me. Yeah. You know? I mean, I'd be lying to you if I told you I haven't kicked somebody's door in or 
or smashed a headlight or two. Yeah, I have done those things over the years. Well, I'm talking but, about, uh, you know, I you know riding like they do with the wheelies and what they can pull oh, on the yeah. machines. No, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> they got some skill, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, at the my same son- time, But at the same time, bro, the tank here, he's an A-bait. And those are the, you know, future members of A-bait, hopefully. You know, hopefully those guys start taking motorcycle riding, you know, a little bit more serious to the point where they realize that, you know, if you keep doing crazy shit, your rights are going to start getting taken away. You know, I tell you what, brother, and we've had this conversation before, but a lot of those guys, they just don't, they don't see it that way. When they look at groups like Abate or MRF and things like the motorcycle rights, they they see us as the helmet people. Mm -hmm. They say, oh, you're the guys who say that they're going to fight because we don't want to wear a helmet. And in Abate, it's like, no, 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 no. If you told me that, that I couldn't wear a helmet, Abey would argue that they didn't have to, you know, or, or had to wear the helmet. They'd be the opposite of what, because, I mean, they just don't want the totalitarian enactments, you know, a brotherhood against totalitarian enactments. So don't pass these blanket laws and say that all of us have to conform to it. It is, you know, well, I mean, my helmet, my choice. And you're kind of seeing that in, like, states like Michigan, where during this whole COVID-19 thing, they said it was illegal to ride a motorcycle because yeah. it was deemed non-essential. Right. You know, even though it was motorcycles in the big cities uh, delivering everything. Exactly. I mean, Brother Fops, the only thing he rides is a motorcycle. The man doesn't own a car. How the fuck would he get around in a state like Michigan right now? (laughs) He wouldn't. He wouldn't. wouldn't. Uh, Do you guys uh, think that the scene's changing so much where clubs might, uh, you know, one day uh, lift the restrictions on American-only bikes? Well, I don't, I don't see that happening in terms of like the, the three-piece patch clubs. Mm-hmm. Well, truth be told, I mean, as far as what other clubs do and, and everything, well, I, I can't speak to it. But, you know, like, like I don't know, man, they're going to do them. But have I seen other clubs that are considered, you know, you know traditional lift that, that uh, restriction that it has to be American-made? I have seen it. Um, I think you're going to see more of that, in my opinion, moving forward in the future, especially if Harley Davidson doesn't get their fucking shit together. Because, no, that was the fact that I was going to bring up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Indian, I mean, don't get me wrong. Indian is, is making leaps and bounds, but they're still relatively small. Their impact is relatively small in the biker world or the motorcycle culture. I mean, they're, they're just getting started. So who knows where they're going to end up? You know, they're like a MacBook Um, to to IBMs, you know. (laughs) Well, Harley Davidson, they just came out and said, you know, we're going back to basics. We're scrapping all these different models. We're trimming down. That's not, you know, that's to me, Harley Davidson, they screwed up when they just stuck with the same stuff year after year after year. They got rid of the Buell, which the younger kids liked. And they got rid of uh, uh, what's it called? The Dinah. Dinah. And, you know, they were going into a direction, you know, they had, uh, you know, the off-road bikes, the adventure stuff, and now they're going back to where they were. I just don't see them getting the ridership out of that. Well, I mean, one thing that you're talking about, and it's talked about with Abate often, um, with Abate's always been trying to bolster up their numbers, and they're trying to get younger people involved, just like Harley's trying to get younger riders involved. And, you know, you got to understand, uh, 10 years ago, the average age of your motorcyclist on 
like you know your standard cruiser type motorcycle was uh, was like uh, forty two years old. Mm-hmm. Now the average ten years later, the average age of the motorcyclist is fifty two years old. And so we're not getting any younger people in. They're just aging along, and eventually they're going to age out of motorcycle ownership. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a it's a real problem uh, in that respect. And so yeah, Harley's going to have to get their shit together if they want to continue and market to a different to a broader spectrum of people. How's that? Do you think uh, the sport bike is uh, the way for them to do that? Hmm. Honestly, yeah. what I think is is a little less, I don't know. I don't think sport bikes are the end-all, be-all when it comes to the youth, you know, guys in their 20s. Like, there's a lot of guys that are buying metric cruisers in their 20s. There's a lot of guys still buying Harleys in their 20s. I think it's more of an acceptance of people in their 40s and 50s of younger people. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, like, like, I'm in my 40s. Like, I turned 41 last year. I'll be 42 this year. And the way you came up back when I was coming up was you had to know somebody. You had to go out there and you had to, you know, introduce yourself. You had to, uh, you had to be recognized. Metal, right. And nowadays everything's on social media. You can go on the internet. Well, you know, I, I know about this biker event because I saw it on Instagram or I was invited to this Facebook page, you know? And I think we, we as older people have to, cut the younger guys some slack that they're not going to come up like we did. It's a different day and age. And just because a guy doesn't ride the same type of bike as you, it doesn't mean that he doesn't ride his bike for the exact same reason that you did. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that's like the biggest thing. We need to fucking stop worrying about, you know, are they doing it the right way and just worry about are they doing it to begin with. And I think a lot of guys are still doing it, man. You, you see all these little biker events popping up out of nowhere that are blowing up, like Born Free or mm-hmm. Hitch Killer or, you know, name it. You know, there's a there's a deal up in the UP. I can't think of the name right now because I'm a little drunk, but, I mean, these little biker events are going to blow up. You know, Sturgis is always going to be Sturgis, but at the same point, Sturgis is your granddad's motorcycle rally. Oh, you you know, Born right. Free... Yeah, born free is a new thing, man. If you're in your fucking 20s or 30s and you're in the fucking custom choppers or retro bikes, born free is where you're going to want to go or the El Diablo ride or something like that, where that's your thing. And if we want this, you know, biker culture to continue, we got to support them. Right. We got to go to them. We got to fucking say, hey, man, that's cool. You're doing your thing. That's awesome. Instead of fucking, oh, you're doing it right. Because, you know, I mean, let's be honest. You know, this culture was kind of innovative or innovative with rubs back in the fucking nineties. That fucking signed on the dotted line to get that loan so they could fucking look the image, mm. you know. And we can't let them water down this fucking shit. Where it was, hey man, do you ride two wheels? Yeah, me too. Let's party. You right. know what I mean? Because that's that's the culture. Now, do you think Abe? You know, you were talking about the Born Free run. I think Abe could play a huge role in it. You know. I know we got the Sturges, Myrtle Beach. I will never go to any of them, man. I used to go to Daytona all the time. I really didn't like Daytona. I like the more intimate gatherings. You know, you're going out in the woods, partying. You got the Freedom Run coming up in Algona, uh, in Iowa. Mm-hmm. Those, I think Abe could really play a big role in getting some new rallies going that are actually true to what they're supposed to be. 
It's true. Um, Abate does. I mean, Abate, Iowa, I know they've got the big, big biker bash they do every summer. Mm-hmm. Um, Abate, Wisconsin, I don't know if you know, uh, we own our own campground. Yeah, I'm just learning about this. I actually joined because uh, I got uh, a membership yeah, with Yeah, you A-Bate joined my and, group. We, yeah. we, we found out that happy thought last weekend. Yeah, I have A-Bate <laughs> of Michigan. Now I join your group. I'm going to have to start going to meetings and stuff uh, once all this COVID stuff gets out of here. But, you know, A-Bate's owning their own things, and it's like going back in time for me, you know, where the hill climbs were around, the flat track race, and uh, Abate, I think, can really bring in a new generation if they have some good parties. I think it's about the party and what's going to get them, not the bikes. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. You know, um, a lot of the younger, you know, a lot of the kids are coming up through sport bikers, and like I said, the whole thing with Abate is those kids are saying you're the helmet people, and they're saying I don't need to join because I already wear a helmet. Mm-hmm. And you know, so okay. I mean, it's kind of hard to have a counter to that argument when you try to explain to them that there's so many more things that they're fighting for as well. Right. Well, one uh, I mean, real quick, uh, Invader Biggie. We have a little run planned for this Saturday. Starts with a pack ride. Then we will have uh, five local bands. Bring a chair. BYOB. No entry fee. Open to the public. Sterling, Illinois. One p.m. Shooters Bar. Go ahead, uh, Tank. Oh, uh, it's on a Sterling. Okay, cool. Cool. Uh, I don't know, man. Yeah, you had to get the ad in there, and then it brought me in train of thought. I think I shouldn't have 420 before I got out of here. Well, you know what? While we're on A-Beta, Wisconsin, what does, you know, we know what A-Beta, Iowa is doing with the Freedom Run and stuff. Uh, I think A-Beta of... uh, Michigan has uh, something coming up, uh, Hot Rods on here. He's a rep for uh, A-Beta, Michigan. They have a meeting of minds in September in Indiana. But what mm-hmm. the, what kind of parties does A-Beta, Wisconsin have? Well, A-Beta, Wisconsin, normally over Father's Day weekend, they have what's called the Summer Hummer, uh, where you dance with the devil and howl with the wolves. That's their big phrase. But they actually canceled it this year because of COVID. Damn. <laughs> so I here, know, here, I know. Here, here, here you mentioned Hummer. I thought they were going to have a bunch of broads lined up. You know, you pay a couple bucks, you get your Hummer done. Go ahead. Yeah, it's a, I, you know that's my favorite trailer. Every year they have the summer Hummer. It's for you know twenty dollars well spent. You know forty dollars a weekend keeps a smile on my face. Perfect. There you go, man. Now those are the parties I remember, man. But you'll get these youngers. Oh my God, you, they all freak out and PC on you, man. <laughs> Man, I think back to when I was 18, I went to a bachelor party, and I remember it was at some basement of some VFW, and guy came out of the bathroom, the men's room, and he said, there's two prostitutes in there, and for $20, they're buff your knob, they're line formed out the door. I'm just thinking, like, nowadays, that probably wouldn't fly. No, it wouldn't, <laughs> man. They'll say, well, you know, that's human trafficking, and this is that and that, and I was like, what? <laughs> some of the yeah, stuff I hear out there. Helping the girl through college, that's all. Yeah, <laughs> they paying for college, they paying for med school, man. You know, you gotta help them out, you know, get a, you know, part of that cause. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like, it was very important that you go to the strip clubs, your local strip club people, all across america support the arts people it's very important very important but uh you know i'm going to be heading into my next segment uh so tell people how they can listen to you and hopefully get you up on uh, the podcast stuff but uh when your episodes come out uh where you're going with the show well <laughs> right now if you want to watch or listen to the episodes you got to only use youtube 
Um, it's the Biker's Lifestyle Podcast on YouTube. Uh, we're also on Facebook and Instagram with the exact same, you know, at thing, uh, the Biker's Lifestyle Podcast. All the work. Uh, all the work. And, um, you know, once we get our shit figured out, We'll fucking be on the uh, streaming services like an iTunes or Google Play or Stitcher. But um, for right now, it's pretty much just YouTube. So you get to look at our goofy faces, talk to other people. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That on is Wednesday. freaking awesome. That's on Wednesdays. On Wednesday, When's the yeah. release? At uh, what time? Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> Wednesday morning. I've I'm, I'm been trying to get him to him for Tuesdays, so then he can, he can release them on right. Wednesday. Oh, yeah, okay. we're relatively new at this, but it's Wednesdays. Um, sometimes they come out early, sometimes a little bit later, but it's Wednesday. Okay, freaking awesome, man! Uh, yeah, okay. you know, I'll be, uh, I'll come over and help you guys out with all that good stuff. Uh, but it's been an awesome interview. You guys make sure Wednesdays YouTube watch them go at it, man. It's a good show. They just released one, so it's the Biker Lifestyle Podcast on YouTube, right? That's the, yes, the name of the channel. Yeah, it's uh, the Biker's Lifestyle Podcast. There you guys go, yeah, and I'm going to put it out in uh, the description box, too, where you clink, uh, click the link and all that good stuff. Yeah, it's, make sure you spell Biker's, though, with an S. Biker's Lifestyle. Oh, so you guys got to make it hard now for There's us. There's one of us. <laughs> <laughs> cool, guys. Remember, you get what you pay for. You get what That's you pay right. And you know what I like you about it is you go, like, for an hour, an hour and a half, man, and I'm just sitting there chilling and smoking cigarettes, smoking that 420 and having fun, man. You guys make it a good show. Time oh, goes quick, too, when you're doing it, man. We Yeah, we're... Making it up as we go along. Right. Cool. Well, I appreciate having you guys on, and uh, we'll get you out there, man. I'm gonna talk. To, right, I'm man. gonna talk to BD. Make sure he gets you guys on. Perfect. We appreciate everything you're doing for us, man. Rock well, on, thanks, man. Hollywood. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, call me, man. We'll do some fishing. I got nothing but time, bro. Oh, you're damn right. We going fishing, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got to get you on the rock in the pack. I think we'll have a fucking ball. Uh, I know we will. I know we will. Cool. Okay, right, guys. I'll talk to you later. All right. Later, later man. Bye. Right. Don't forget to visit us over on iTunes, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and more. We're about to go to our next guest, and it's going to be a good one. So, we're going to be talking a little bit more about uh, Keith Palumbo's case. Let me get uh, old boy on the phone here. I think you're going to enjoy this segment. Boy, are we going to have one. Yo, yo. Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Uh, welcome to the show. Introduce yourself to everybody that don't know already. What's up? What's up? It's Kevin Ryan, a missing person investigator. Thanks again for the invite. Rock on, man. It. We got a lot of information since you last been on it. Now, uh, give you guys a little breakdown. Uh, Keith Palomo, that's the picture you guys can see if you're over on the radio. Come over to YouTube or Facebook or one of the many video platforms. Man, I get lost with how many we're on. Uh, but this is about Keith Palumbo. Uh, you know, I'll let uh, Kev give the rundown on Keith. So, uh, Keith went missing in early February, for obvious reasons. I'm not going to give a timeline uh, to protect the integrity of the investigation. Um, Keith went missing in early February. Um, 
and you know to keep things in perspective uh, and short, um, he was located unfortunately deceased in uh, early April. He was located inside of a crypt inside Mount Moriah Cemetery in West Philadelphia. Um, in retrieving Keith's remains, uh, there was a second body that was found as well uh, that had been in there a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the case was uh, classified from a missing person case that was reported again in early February to a homicide case uh, once he was found. Right. Um, so uh, since then, and during the investigation from day one, uh, myself and the family have been getting information from the street. We've been getting information from uh, confidential informants, and uh, we've been shaking a lot of trees on social media. Rock on. Now, before me and you get in our conversation, hey, Junior Jones, I talked about you in the beginning of the freaking show. You schluck. You go out there, you get on social media, you say mean things to me, then all of a sudden you say, hey, you know, you know, I want to talk to you, let's get it real, I want to give our side. I give you the opportunity to come on the number one show worldwide, and you blow me off like I'm some, you know, some hussy. I, you know, my feelings are hurt right now. Either that, or you just wasn't, you weren't serious, and you got all your fake profiles going, which, you know, we already know who the hell you guys are, and, you know, it's not too hard to read 01001, you know, if you know what I mean. You guys with computer talk and know this stuff, uh, but you out there, you, you all the hostilities, and you don't even come on my show. It's, it's sad state of affairs with you guys. Go ahead, Cap. I'm sorry. I had to get that out. Uh, you got uh-huh. <laughs> uh, I do want uh, to get this out because Kev's got a statement from uh, one of the clubs. Uh, I, you know, I kind of feel bad because there are three factions of the Warlocks, and I confused the hell out of them. I was com- as confused as a hooker in church. Okay, let me tell you. With uh, three of these, uh, uh, there is. Uh, and I believe somebody would be coming out with some information on this. Uh, the Philly Warlocks, they are Jersey and Penn. They're actually the ones that are actually recognized by a lot of the older clubs. Uh, then you got the Harpy Warlocks, and then you got Warlocks, I guess, out of Indiana with a dragon and stuff. Uh, so I want, um, you know, there's a big uh, lineage <coughs> behind all this type of stuff. But anyway, the reporting was that uh, Keith was killed by warlocks. And I don't care what faction it was. It was not authorized whatsoever by any of the motorcycle clubs. None of them. This was rogue crap happening. And for Junior Jones, uh, I'm not going to even give your real name because you don't even deserve that kind of freaking credit uh, for my show. Uh, You came out. And put on our social media page that, hey, you know, he's my brother, you know, this schluck out in uh, Wyoming that's freaking, uh, you know, being held because he had a gun. Uh, same schluck that shot a girl claiming that he was cleaning his gun. Any uh, That one don't pass on me. But anyway, you came out and you said that he's my brother. I'm not going to, you know, go against him, blah, blah, blah. He's a freaking murderer. Now, uh, you know what? I can't say that. You're innocent until proven guilty, but you're a murderer, you cocksucker. And you back somebody like that. But I'm sorry. Go ahead with the statement, uh, Kev. This is personal. Yeah, so- this has nothing to do with Kevin. This comes from me. 
So I'll throw in, yeah. so, so send your threats my way. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay, so we have a statement here from um, the award, the original Warlock Motorcycle Club, and uh, first now, and foremost. Now, now, before they get uh, confused, Kev, you said the original Warlocks. Uh, I got to kind of break you off there because there are three yep. factions, so they know yep. this is the ones that wear a black uh, black dragon patch, right? That's correct. Okay, yep. these are the ones that wear the black dragon patch. This okay, is the go original. Ahead. Um, so they released a statement, uh, through me and it reads, first and foremost, we would like to extend our heartfelt condolences to the family of Keith Palumbo. We do not condone the actions of anyone or any individual that results in the disappearance and or death of any persons. While we, the one percenters did have the harpy as our center patch, the club voted in August 2019 to change over the center patch back to the original Black Dragon to further distance ourselves from the Harpy group due to the negative direction the club has taken. However, in full disclosure, there are still people out there that wear the Harpy patch that are not sanctioned by our group. These individuals do not speak for or represent the club in any way. My God. Go ahead. Let me let me expand on that. <clears throat> I understand that we've got clubs all over the place. And clubs break into chapters. And whether chapters want to identify themselves, I appreciate that. And I understand that. And I respect that. But we're not dealing so much with a chapter as we are individuals. And what we have to remember here when we talk about this is the center of this right now is Keith Palumbo. Okay? So and with Keith not here, he left a wide long trail that got us to where we are today. So, with the chapters out there, the groups out there, the clubs out there, this is more about an individualist than it is the chapter. Mm -hmm. And that's coming from me. That's my opinion. I have had I felt like I was back in grade school again this week. <clears throat> I went through and did more freaking studying, more analyzing, more knowledge gaining on the different clubs, the different chapters, learned about bylaws, not specific bylaws, of course, because that's inner workings. But I can tell you right now, bylaws are that. They are, they are bylaws. Okay, they are guidelines. Okay, this is what you're going to follow. And let's take the groups out of this for a second. Let's take the clubs out of this. Bylaws in a company, bylaws in groups, bylaws in whatever. But I can tell you right now that bylaws are not being followed because the people that did this and the people that know about it and finally the people that were there are talking 
like you would not believe. Oh, I, you know it, Hollywood. I know it. <laughs> I know it. I have people that were there at the scene who have now called because they don't want to talk to Leo. They don't want to talk to anybody else because they know I'm not Leo. Mm-hmm. And you're Guess not what? Leo. You're you're a missing person investigator. You have nothing to do with the cops. I just want to make Correct. sure I put that out there. Uh, but people are going to say, hey, you know, Hollywood, why are you so aggravated with this junior guy? Yeah, he had the post on your thing. That's what trolls do. But I'm pissed because they're making the MC scene look like shit. And I'm going to tell you why. Donna Morelli, okay? As everyone knows... In the MC scene, and I got to get this out, you know, this has nothing to do with Keb. Uh, women do not call shots in a three-piece uh, club, especially a one per- so-called one-percenter club. Well, here is my freaking Barker. That's what I'm calling her. My Barker, who thinks she's in charge of everything. And you had schlucks actually taking her marching orders from a woman. That is embarrassing, and you don't got a pecker you're doing that. I'm sorry, I'm old school, you're taking orders from a woman. And when it comes to this case, because I've, you know, got close to this case where I really feel for this kid and his family, and it kind of pisses me off, the more I learn what's going on out there, the more mad I get. And, you know, everybody knows I love the MC scene. Yeah, I protect what I can, when I can, to put out the club side of the story. Uh, That's why I'm always saying, hey, the club had nothing to do with this. But when you have jackasses like this that take orders from a woman, and some of the stuff I've heard has me through the roof right now, and I can't reveal that stuff, what I know, uh, because I will not jeopardize this case, because you know what? You know, the family is more compassionate than i would ever be i'd go medieval on these people man it'd take days before they'd hit the ground and what happened this kid just pisses me off and donna morelli was one of them go ahead sorry i had to get that off my chest (laughs) you you did it you did it well you did it well you know in speaking with other clubs and you know trying to differentiate the different things on here it it is an eye-opener and it is easy to um, inter, you know, interlock these clubs together. But when you hear the true, you hear the true story, the facts, the the um, the inner, not the inner workings, but the history from 1964 to 2020. You know, it does make sense. And you know, you've got chapters that want to distance themselves from other chapters. You've got. Uh, you know, people that have uh, an individualist type uh, mentality, and I call it an agenda. And the agenda here is not clear. What's the motive? Mm-hmm. And why? And, you know, it's going to come out. Oh, yeah, it's, it's going to come out. Well, especially with the, the number of people that were there. Uh, it, it's really got a bug up my ass right now, uh, Kev, uh, the more I learn about it. And I yep. do want to put out there for any of you schlucks that are threatening the family or other reporters, you guys are nothing but cowards. You know, I like I said, you can bring that shit at me, but to bring it to innocent people, a family that's suffering, you're nothing but cowards in my eyes. And those that say, oh, you know, let's meet up. In sh- are you kidding me? You really want to come to a shy town. You know, Chi-Town's a little different than where you're from. 
Uh, but get off the threats and all that bullshit. It was your people that caused this. It caused a hurt to this family. It was you people. So leave them alone. Uh, go ahead, Kev. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm getting, I'll, I'm I'll, getting there. Yeah, I'll put this <laughs> out there. We know who was there. We know the males and we know the females. We know the people that were there from start to finish. We know people that walked in and walked out. And we know who said what. Now, if you remember correctly, we're still in the middle of a murder investigation. Right. And that's, you know, one of the biggest reasons I won't release anything that's been going on, because I will not jeopardize this. Right. And I, and I won't either. But we're in the middle of a murder investigation. Now, let me explain real quick my, quote, jurisdiction, as opposed to law enforcement's jurisdiction. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't have any jurisdiction. I can go free willy anywhere in the state of Pennsylvania, anywhere I'm licensed, and conduct any investigation I want to conduct. Mm-hmm. I have more at my disposal than a lot of law enforcement agencies. Now, I'm pro-cop. I've always been pro-cop. You're a better man but than me. But there are cops out there <laughs> that will not work with me. So guess what I do? I run a parallel investigation. Then I decide what they get. And I decide what information I get. It's not give and get. Mm -hmm. It's you tell me because I know what I have. But with that being said, trolls that are out there that are hiding behind Facebook, again, I'm going to repeat myself. We are in the middle of a murder investigation. When I see people crop up and start saying certain things using certain phrases and certain words, then guess what? I go right to Facebook. I have the contacts at Facebook. And I'm going to show a card. Here's my card. When I go to Facebook, I find out who the trolls are. Okay? I then put a jammer, or I have a jammer put on that troll page. Okay? You can't use certain things again. That now gives me every page you have. Mm-hmm. So you will be hearing from people. Why aren't you on Facebook? Why aren't you commenting anymore? So you will be told. Right. But again, we're in the middle of a murder investigation. Any evidence that leads to another suspect or another piece of the puzzle, we're going to use that. I always tell people, I go in the direction of the evidence. That's all I do. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know what I think I'm so pissed off about is, you know, when I do hear threats to uh, the family members who just lost somebody, or journalists, or, you know, even people like you, or people on, uh, it, it, it fries my ass, because MC clubs are not like this. They are not like this at all. And I think I'm taking it personal, not only because, you know, a guy lost his life, but it's making the MC scene look really bad, these freaking schlucks. It really is. So, uh, with Donna Morelli, talk to me about her. Oh, do I got some stuff to say? Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever heard it uh, say, knee deep in shit, add about two feet to that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, you know, it's it's... The investigation is still going on, um, but <clears throat> this is somebody that has an ego problem, okay? An ego problem from day one, the death of her husband. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where the buck starts. That's where the buck starts. As to her involvement in this, I mean, we can all speculate. I know what her involvement is. And Agreed. I, I don't want to put that out, though. Yeah, and I, and I wouldn't do that because, unfortunately, she has rights, too. Right. And she's lawyered up, and I really don't want to hear from any attorneys in this. Right, that's why so, I don't want to put that stuff out. Right. And There is more details, guys, but you guys are going to have to wait until the trial. That's all I'm going to say from my end. Right. But uh, everybody involved in this case, this is what's important right now. Everybody that was involved in this case, from knowledge to uh, the viewing party, I call it, the night he was killed, everybody that was there, mm-hmm. everybody had an obligation stop this. Everybody had a chance to stop this. And nobody did. That just shows you how cowards they are. You can't tell me that the scads of people that were there weren't raised differently. Mm. And that's what this all comes down to. Right. Product of your own environment. Well, you know, with this broad, by the way, guys, here's a broad handing out patches and giving chapters. That's why, the, you know, one of the factions of the Warlocks broke away, so you guys know. Because here's a broad handing out patches, and everybody knows that's not how the MC scene works. But, you know, I think I'm stuck on, you know, the mother is like 75, 80 years old, am I correct? Uh, yeah, I think she's 73. 73 years old, you have a bunch of punks freaking threatening a family with a 73-year-old woman. That is not bikers. Uh-uh. Go ahead, Kev. No. And I've, you know, I, I've spoken to a few people this week in the originals, and I can tell you right now, they own what they need to own. And I've seen what's going on from 64 till now. Mm-hmm. And although it, you know, it's not all good, they own it. They wouldn't allow this. Right. They wouldn't condone this. They wouldn't sanction this. And there's just no possible way. And again, I'm not coming down on the, the Chester chapter or whatever. You know, we're, we're talking about here. I'm talking about one person. That's what I'm talking about. Mm. You know, I don't know Junior Jones. I know enough about him now. Okay, I'm not going to sit here. And I by the way, that's a fa- that's just a Facebook profile, so you guys know. We know that. No, but, I'm telling the audience, because they're going to uh, all probably go after and look at them. But again, you know, I respect that there's a chapter that he or whoever wants to stand by, and I respect that. Mm. I, I respect that. And I respect the other chapters that are out there. But again, we can't lose the fact that we have one less person in Pennsylvania over this, and that's Keith Colombo. And he was that's a, a talented point. artist, he was a talented musician, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, for people that un- don't understand, he was shot before this, and he didn't give up no information on the freaking shooter. He wasn't a rat, so I don't know when you hear that <clears throat> stuff coming out of the freaking uh, trolls. He wasn't a rat, he would have gave up names to that shooter, he didn't, the cops threatened him, and he still didn't. That was stand up right there. Stand up. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, let me tell you something about this cat. This cat was 
uh, a tattoo artist beyond. I, I don't have one tattoo. I can tell you that right now. I don't. Nothing against tattoos. It's just my body don't look good with tattoos. But the artwork I've seen this guy do, I mean, freehand, the artwork I've seen him do, the guitar I've heard him play, the drums I've heard him beat, you took away not only a human being, but you took away an art and an art that cannot be replaced. Oh, so true. So true. Uh, what is uh, going on with the extradition right now? So, from my understanding, the ATF adopted the charges. Uh, of course, they're federal charges. When he was picked up on uh, April 2nd. So, if they picked up on Fed, does that mean this could go Fed? He'd be tried uh, in a Fed court? You know, the murder the murder part of it, I don't think so. I, I, I mean, even though he crossed, that I don't know about. Even though he crossed state lines to run? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, if there's something I don't know about, then possibly. Um, but from what I understand, the Philadelphia District Attorney's Office is going to be the one that's going to prosecute this. Now, I, I, I could be wrong. Something could have been picked up along the way. But when he was picked up, uh, it, it, it's got to be my belief that he, there was a uh, a glimmer that he was going to make bail on that gun charge, and then that's when you, that's when these charges for Keith's murder were lobbied against him. And the second jerk off that was picked up, Billy Gibson. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's four charges there, uh, and I'm sure you're going to go into that. Right. Um, those charges there, we call them, or added to based on lack of cooperation or implication. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and there's more coming. Uh, I was told that we may have another one by the end of this week, depending on, depending on COVID and, and things of that nature. <clears throat> right. Yeah. There is uh, others uh, coming out right now. Uh, I'm trying to freaking think here uh, about that. If it would go, no, nah, I don't think it would go federal because it'd be a state thing. Uh, do you know, you know, his extradition hearing? You know when that's going to come up? No, I don't, and I'd have to check the uh, the docket sheets. Uh, I can't imagine him fighting extradition, mm -hmm. and unfortunately for the family, if he does fight extradition, extradition could be months. Right, but he's still behind bars. Absolutely, yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't see the light of day. He doesn't get out because of the COVID issue. Right. Yeah, no. Right. Yeah, he's... Now, you were talking about stackable charges uh, with the uh, the court affidavit that came out, uh, the warrant or whatever it was. Can you go through that with us? So, uh, I saw on your show yesterday, you had up there the affidavit of problem. So, the way that works is he would give a statement to the investigating agency. The investigating agency would go to a judge present the evidence, and the judge would, you know, subsequently issue an arrest warrant if, you know, the evidence is there. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you have. So with that statement, they issued the four charges. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Abuse of corpse, mm. conspiracy. You know, they're all, they're, they're all holding charges. Right. They're, they're all, you know. So and in there, there's a you know a couple other witnesses and stuff. It sounds like everybody's uh, going to cut a deal right now. Well, everybody's willing to try, mm -hmm. and you know what is it going to do? However, when you're cutting a deal, 
you can cut any deal you want, but your prior background right. will play a huge role in what you get and what you don't get. Mm-hmm. So does it? And, it sounds like everybody gonna try to go against uh, the shooter then. Well, you have to assume that he's going to come back here and he's going to say, oh, it was by accident. Oh, it was, uh, I was kidding around. The gun went off, the gun jammed. Yeah, things of that nature. Well, guess what? Like he tried in his first one. Exactly. I am sure I will bet uh, an entire year's paycheck tax-free that there is evidence that shows that's not what happened. Mm. And that's why he used number two, number three, all the way up to number seven, number eight, number nine to testify against. Right. That's how that works. Well, there was quite a few people that uh, we haven't let out that were there or were involved with this stuff. So I really think, uh, you know, they if they screw up this case, something's wrong with that prosecutor's office. That's just, you know, my opinion. <laughs> you there, Kev? Oh, you there, bud? Uh, we got another freaking, uh, let's see what we got going here, guys. We got to call him back up again. You know, we've been having a lot of freaking uh, problems with this. Uh, there we go. We're going again. You there? That was you. Not That was you, not me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was saying, man, it's the second time in the show, man. This phone went uh, down, man. <laughs> no, not me. But I was saying uh, before, you know, if they screw something like this up, something's wrong with them. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I can tell you right now, the detectives involved in this case, uh, they, they, don't, they don't do things half-assed. Right, right. That's for sure. Right. That's for sure. Now, you know, my Barker... Uh, you said lawyered up and stuff. Is she still walking down the street? As far as I know, she is. Well, if you're watching this, Ma Barker, hi. You know, you can call into the show. We can talk. <laughs> Go ahead, Kevin. <laughs> Let me tell you something. She's got a heavy hitter uh, for an attorney. Mm. She's not talking to anybody, I can tell you that right now. Well, if her attorney wants to come on, you know, he he can go head to head with Hollywood in this, you know. Yeah. You know, put that to his side. You know, I'm yeah. just really freaking confused with a story like this. Why ain't more uh, uh, reporting on this? Well, and that's you know when when we uh, when I was approached from a couple of local agencies around here, it was more the COVID. We're covering COVID. We're covering COVID. Mm-hmm. So. You know, that's that's a story I've been getting. Right. Um but you're right. I mean this is this is huge. This is a huge thing. You know, because I keep on hearing the cemetery, you know, I'm surprised the cops ain't digging up the cemetery right now because I'm hearing you know how many bodies are buried out there, blah blah blah. It, it it don't seem like a good place and a lot and you know, you had this Donna out there uh that was on the committee or something like that. So she had a lot of access. So I wouldn't under, I don't understand why the cops ain't pursuing that type of stuff. There was another uh, body with uh, Keith. Uh, do we know where that's going? No, I have no idea where that's going. That's not my case. And mm. again, you know, here's another, here's another individual. I don't know much about him, but senseless, absolutely senseless. Agreed. Is there some connection with him to uh, these guys? I'm going to let you answer that question. You've got 151,000 tombs 
and 400 acres, and you just happen to put a body inside an occupied tomb with another body that doesn't belong there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. Right, right. Now, uh, yeah. it seems like this Donna Morelli, she's uh, knee-deep in all kinds of shit right now. Yeah, you know what? I don't understand. Uh, you know, c- coming from a biker and you know, with being around the club scene, it's like, how can you? You went to a woman to get your chapter. She made you a prez or whatever the hell it is. This is a woman, and I think this is the hard time I'm having. What did she? Did she have a you know a pink taco of gold, man? What the, you know, a pink taco? You probably don't know what it is, but you know, I can't say the word on uh, air. But uh, was it gold? Is that why everybody went to her? I think it was an opportunity that people saw where they could try to win a woman over. Mm-hmm. If I had a guess, what is she yeah. hot? Uh, I don't get it. No. <laughs> okay, so she's not hot. She don't got a putty full, you know, worth gold. But because her old man used to be somebody, uh, automatically she's assumed like she's the queen or something. She should be handed out patches and stuff. And that's where, you know, the interest of the MC community comes in. This is not how it works. No matter what Sons of Anarchy you're watching or who tells you what, uh, a true one percenter club like these people were claiming do not have women at the top of the line. Right. So, and that's exactly what we're dealing with here. Right. A mob barker. She, you know, but there was, and like you said, it was senseless because there was nothing there. What did they gain? You know, I rack this all the time. Okay. You know, on the streets, I know how the things work. There's usually money involved. There's some other kind of business. This was just senseless. Let's go back to what you just said. What do you gain? Okay. Your, your childhood friends with this, with this thug, street thug. Okay, you trust in him. This is Keith we're talking about. And all of a sudden, you're lured to a property and shot. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to your, your comment. What do you gain by it? Now you're shot. Now you shot somebody. Okay, now you're on the run. You go 85 miles away. And then you realize the heat's getting turned up. So you start driving across the country. Your life is over, pal. Yeah, it's gone. Don, what did you what did you gain by it? Exactly. Is he still going to try to call shots from prison? Uh, who knows? <laughs> he, he he's not going to be respected in prison. I can tell you why. Because as soon as they find out a woman was involved and charged, he's going to be on the punk level at that point. Uh, you know, he's going to be wearing makeup and all that other good stuff because. Inside the joint, it's a lot different than the world. It's a lot different than on the street. And, you know, and that's what I mean. He didn't make no money off it. He took, I ain't going to go into it because I'm going to start veering into that point. But, uh, you know, he took uh, freaking a chapter from a woman because of her dead husband. And the MC community, by the way, guys, don't recognize them. So you guys know. There's three different factions. Uh, the one Harpy Warlocks is one faction. Chester County was kicked out. Uh, then you got uh, the red and white uh, 
Philadelphia Warlocks, which have nothing to do with this, not nothing whatsoever. And then the Phoenix Warlocks have nothing to do with this. This is a bunch of guys out there that were playing clever. <laughs> That's what they are. And for this to hurt the MC community is just ridiculous. And now you see the reason why people go after pop-up clubs. You know, people say, well, why, you know, anybody should be able to wear a patch. They should be able to do what they want. No, this is the reason for protocol is because some slucks like this can ruin it for everybody. Yep. And again, this was one of the sloppiest crimes I've ever seen in my life in the sense of leaving evidence behind. I mean, Keith gave us more evidence and more leads in this case prior to his death. Didn't Keith say this is where I'd end up? Yeah, he told he told a family member, if I ever go missing, start here. Mm -hmm. And and one of the one of the suspects. Okay, we gotta call them suspects, unfortunately, because there's a legal system here. Right. One of the suspects walked with him in that cemetery mm -hmm. and said and and said this is where people go. Right, right. Not to him, but said it in a in a general generalized statement. This mm. is where people go. Right. I mean, come on. C Ryder, no, this is uh a missing person investigator. This ain't a Leo. Go ahead, uh, Kev. Yeah. So that's where, you know, that that's where we that's where we are today. Yes, the family wants closure, full closure. Mm -hmm. Um of course there's different stages of closure and I'll explain Real quick, um, you know, on my side of it, you know, we bring resolution when, you know, the family members brought home, when the missing person is brought home, whether it's deceased or alive, you know, do you get full closure? No, you don't get full closure. You only get full closure if you know the cause of death and it's not a homicide or, you know, not foul play, things of that nature, whether it's an overdose or an accidental, you know, you get some sort of closure. You never have full closure. Mm -hmm. But now we've got to go to a trial. Right, And you can't tell me he's going to come back and say, yeah, I did it, and sentence me. That's mm. not going to happen. And if it does, I'm wrong. I'll, be the, I'll come right back on your show and say I'm wrong. I've been known to be wrong, and I'm the first to admit when I'm wrong. But I'll tell you right now that he's going to, he's going to put this family through this trial. Right. Well, it's because he's a coward. Uh, right. You know, you can tell just by him running and stuff like that. Uh you know, before I let you go and stuff, because you're going to be, you know, I'm going to be talking to you a lot about as this case progresses and stuff. Tell people about your business, because I just got that question. Well, is he a Leo? No, he's not a Leo, guys. So, you know, how many times I got to say it? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, you know what? Get off the 420, get off the beer and, you know, knock yourself out or whatever to get that out of your mind. He's not a Leo. Uh, <laughs> actually, you know, we don't invite Leos on the show. So go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm a missing person investigator. I'm an investigator by trade. Um, uh, every day, all hours of the day, I'm constantly on. Um, I, I do not charge my families. I do not ask for a penny, and I don't expect a penny. I do this because I have everything. The Palumbo family, in this case, doesn't. I have another case, um, Amanda DeGuillo. Same, same exact location. Same exact people that all hung out together. Again, I've been working that six years. I don't charge a red cent. 
It's not about me. That's not what I was. That's not what I'm about to do. And I'm not out there judging the different clubs, the different chapters. And I want to make that clear. Okay. Not because I'm afraid because I'm certainly not afraid, but I want it clear that we're talking about individuals. If somebody wants to take it further and connect it to a chapter, that's on you. That's not me. Right. So I am not Leo. Okay. I respect Leo and I have to respect Leo for what I do. Mm -hmm. Okay. But I am a private investigator that centers on missing person cases. I'm very good at what I do. I'm not the best, not the worst, but I'm always honest. Mm-hmm. And I tell my family straight up, this is what we're dealing with. Right, right. Rock and roll, man. Well, you know, I'm glad to be able to have you on the show as it progressed. And we really do, you know, I like uh, that you guys have started uh, a lot of the guys in uh uh, on the program, on the show that follows, started the hashtag Justice for Keith, which I really believe and I hope that, uh, you know, the family gets uh, as this moves forward. It's going to be hard for them because, you know, like you said, the coward's probably going to, you know, bring him through a freaking trial instead of plead. And even if he does plead, hopefully he gets, uh, you know, <laughs> some time. Yeah. Yep. He'll get he'll he'll get a lot of time. Well, he will get a lot of so. time. Let's hope so, and I hope uh, more information comes out about uh, Mob Barker over there. Again, yep. you know, Donna Morelli, if your attorney would like to come on the show, uh, you know, we, we, hey, we'll have you on. Come on. Uh, you know, I'm not going to extend another, in, you know, invite to uh, Junior Jones and his crew because he blew me off, so it is what it is, uh, you know, whatever. But uh, I really appreciate having you on, and uh, we're going to keep going as uh, we learn more. Yes, sir. Yep, you got it. Thanks for the invite, and uh, I'll talk to you and listeners soon. Rock on, man. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Talk Uh to you soon. Have a good night. You too. Okay, again, that was Kev, uh, missing person investigator. Uh, You know, that does come to mind right now when you're talking about a lot of haters out there about protocol. Now you are actually seeing the reason for it. The reason being with these pop-up clubs. And, you know, I have to say, like uh, Kev says, we do know stuff. It's easy to find out stuff uh, when you're trying to do these fake profiles and stuff. We found out, uh, (laughs) I I ain't going to even go into that part. But uh, anyway, uh, these pop-up clubs, they're coming from out bad guys. They're coming from 10 club guys. And they start trying to be something that they're really not. And now what they're doing is causing all kinds of freaking hell for the MC community. The MC community, and and you know what? who I really feel bad for is the Philly Warlocks. And even to a point with the Harpy Warlocks, because they got these crews out there, and you know what? Some of it's my fault, because I confused the hell out of it. You got these Black Dragon uh, Warlocks, then you got Harpies, and then you got uh, the Philly ones. And the as far as I know, the ones that are uh, recognized and that are hardcore and true are the Philly ones out of Jersey and Pennsylvania. Again, if I'm wrong, kick me in the ass on that one. But what these people have done is bring attention and confusion 
to the whole scene, man, of who's who, who's what. We're getting statements from this one, getting statements from that one, and everybody's confused as hell. Why? Because a guy shot somebody, took his freaking patch, and got appointed president by a broad. And now you're wondering why freaking protocol exists? You, you know, I get it. People want to freaking, uh, how can I say it? People want to go out there, do their own thing. Yeah, that's cool. That's the American way, what people say. But it ain't cool because your actions have consequences on everybody else. Right now in Texas, all throughout the other states too, there is major motorcycle club profiling going on. Do you really think something like this helps the club? The media is biased as it is. You do not need to give them more fodder to go after clubs. And that's exactly what this type of incident does for the club scene. Now, you know, I am pretty irritated. Everybody knows I always give a chance for both sides of the story to come out. But... When it, you know, you post a video on Facebook, you see all these freaking, uh, freaking, uh, trolls out there, you know, throwing the threats and stuff like I laugh at that kind of shit because it's like, really? You want to come from Philly to Chicago? It's two different worlds. I just can say that. Everybody knows Chicago's a different world. Uh, well, I want to come sit down on your show. Okay, when? When do you want to do it? We'll have you here in Chicago. But I never get a call. So now you're not invited. You don't get to put out your story. You don't have you don't get to have trolls all over the place talking crap behind fake profiles. You don't get to threaten a family because you're a bunch of freaking cowards cuz you think brotherhood is standing behind a damn cold-blooded killer. That ain't brotherhood, man. That's just murder. That's what it is. And most clubs I know would, you know, if something like this happened, they get them away from it as far as they could because that's not true brotherhood bringing that kind of heat down on a club. And not to have anything to gain from this. What did, and then there was another body with Keith. And hopefully, as I learn more, I'll be able to present that story. But nobody can ever claim that we don't give both sides of the story and give the opportunity to it's just you didn't you decided not to you decided that you'd rather troll on the facebook claiming everybody's cowards which what you're doing is cowardice because you don't want to show your face to the public even though we know who you are you know that don't that's one thing about social media i do not get you, you know, for those guys putting out all the club business here or there, hey, we're biker news, so we're covering what the news is. But for you to put your stuff out there and let the cops just sit at the desk and not have to do any damn investigation, any of that type of stuff, you're a schluck. You are a freaking 100% moron that is claiming the BMC. Then you wonder why there's protocol you wonder why real MC clubs that have been around since freaking decades upon decades don't want nothing to do with that kind of stuff? Because you're the ones bringing the heat on them. I can almost guarantee when something like this started that the damn cops were at the door of the true one percenter clubs in that area. 
Why? Because that's who they go to. And that is why that one percenter clubs try to keep the problems away. Because what's going to happen next? Well, you're going to have something in Texas where you're riding down the freaking road. You got colors on. You're getting pulled over. You're put in a gang database. Uh, then you're arrested uh, for having a gun, even though you got a you know legal you know CCW or concealed carry. Yeah, that's the kind of consequences this kind of crap has on everybody. And it makes bikers look like crap. And bikers, and especially club members, they do nothing but help the community. They're not out there slinging. They're not out there shooting people. Yeah, we cover the news. I get it. We cover incidences like that. But it's individuals. It is not the whole damn club doing that crap. And that's why it burns my ass, this particular one, because, you know, again, we know a lot more than what we can put out there. Again, as the trial goes on, we'll cover it that way. But, uh, you know, just learning that abroad, abroad, gave permission to wear a patch or made somebody president in a one percenter club. And you guys are wondering why one percenters don't want this pop up club shit. Seriously, man. You wonder, you go out there and you beef on these MCs, and I know there's not a lot of people that do this, but there's a lot of trolls that do it. Well, this club's this, that club's this. Screw the NCOM, screw COC. Why they're out there fighting for your damn rights, right? Why you sit back and you get all the pledges, you, you get all the rights out of their hard work, but you go out there and act like a bunch of schmucks and destroy the club scene. Because you want to act gangster. Or you want to act gangster over the freaking internet, man. Really? Come on. You know, and I think one of the biggest things that's gotten me upset about this, and I said it a million times here, is you don't threaten a damn family, especially an older woman. What kind of man are you, you claiming to be? Come on. Hey, Junior, you got up there, you called... Uh, Where's your call, man? You want to come to Chi-Town? Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> we ain't Philly, and we sure the hell ain't South Carolina and Chicago. But everybody knows my schedule, so we can talk whenever you want. But to come on my show, you had an opportunity to reach people worldwide. Worldwide. To tell your story about how you wanted to stick behind your brother that shot a freaking guy straight in the freaking head that had all these witnesses and you buried him in a crypt and you didn't even get any damn money out of the deal. See, in Chi-Town, we only do that kind of stuff for two reasons. One, they deserve it because they killed somebody. Or two, you had some big money going on. But you did it. Your brother did it. Because of a broad ordering it. Somebody who said, you know, thought she was the queen of the south, man. Somebody who threw you a patch. But you can go off on other freaking clubs. You're freaking stupid, man. You know, that's some meth head crap right there if you ask me. And Donna, from what I heard, was only able to freaking, uh... Control Chester County. What's that tell you? The rest of the freaking harpies uh, said, no, that ain't happening. They At least they did it right. So, you know, I again, 
the protocol stuff, you know, I really don't believe over the internet and crap. Uh, but go to Black Dragon and some of the other guys that are actually legit that have been around. BD's been around uh, 20 years. He's lived that, done it. He's set up chapters, had to deal with all the protocol stuff. So he knows what he's talking about. But if I have to hear one more time, MC clubs don't have the right to tell me what to do. Well, maybe you guys yourself should look at both sides of the story and see in this incident. How it's affecting everybody. I God forbid what's going on in that area right now because of this stuff. So, that's my spiel. I think I'm a little uh, pissed off uh, right now because, you know, here they are talking all the crap. You know, the trolls. I can't stand trolls. But they're talking all the crap, throwing threats around to the family. I don't consider them men. That's what it is with me. So... With that, guys, don't forget to uh, subscribe, uh, listen to us on the podcast, all that stuff over on MotorcycleMadhouse.com, Spotify, iTunes Radio, all that and more. We actually got China Dow. How you doing, honey? I'm getting ready done. I got some pizza on the way. Uh, also, uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, next week, uh, I'm figuring out guests for next week, so I'll let you know when we have that. But until then, guys, I'll talk to you later. The number one internet biker radio show is now available on Spotify and all major platforms including iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to become a subscriber on any one of these platforms so you can be notified right away when our weekly episode is uploaded so you never miss an episode. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari. Join our YouTube channel and get Motorcycle Madhouse and tons of videos related to the bikers. Join now by subscribing for free and become part of the crowd today. Always free and always entertaining. Don't forget to visit us at www.harleyliberty.com for your daily biker news. Rock on!